Welcome to the All Nations Aurora podcast, where you will find family, discover purpose, and change the world. We're so glad you're here. And wherever you're listening from, we believe that God will speak directly to your life through this message. Can we give Jesus a hand of praise in the building this morning? He's amazing. He's awesome. Let's pray. Father in heaven, we honor you. We bless you. We acknowledge your presence. You are here, God. And Lord, the worship has been done. The stage has been set. God, we yield this moment to you. We're asking you, God, have your way. You know what things we have need of even before we ask. But we ask you, come thy kingdom. Be done thy will in our midst. And we'll be careful to give your name the glory, honor, and praise. And it's in Jesus' name that we pray. Somebody say amen, 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 amen. Put your hands together one more time for Jesus in the building. Hallelujah. You all may be seated in the presence of the Lord. I am grateful to God to be here this morning, honored for the invitation to be in this amazing house with these amazing leaders. Can we give it up this morning for the pastor of this house, Pastor Talek? Can we give it up for the man? I mean, this is, give it up for the man of God. Come on, give it up. Hallelujah, give it up. Come on, give it up. I can tell how many people have not had a bad pastor, how they celebrate a good pastor. Uh, can we give it up for his wonderful wife, Ty? Can we give it up for his, his baby mama, his boo, his mini mouse? Can we give it up for this woman of God? Come on. Oh, Jesus. Oh, I'm so honored to be here again. Um, man, that worship just took me out. Um, I was like, man, Jesus, I don't have to preach because you use this preaching. Um, a couple things before we start. Uh, again, I'm so honored to be here. Thank you from the bottom of my heart for this opportunity. I don't take it for granted. Um, first thing is, you have to invite me back. Here's why. I'm from the west side, y'all. West side, right? I'm straight from the I don't do suits. And I was like, man, I'm going to preach at Tyler's church. I need to dress on up. I grabbed, my, I grabbed one of my best suits out of the closet, y'all. This is the best I can do. So, y'all, I'm just telling y'all, I'm like, this is the best I can do. I grabbed one of my best suits, grabbed some shoes. I was like, I'm going to preach. I went to church this morning. Pastor Hannah, he was like, oh, you're going to preach this morning. I know because you don't, you don't dress like that. I was like, I don't dress like this, Pastor. I don't know how to match stuff, y'all. I tried this little handkerchief. I don't know if it looked right or anything. But I, I wanted to do my best for the house, so I'm, I'm, I'm trying. So I want to I wanna come back and be dressed down. I want an Anwa Aurora t-shirt. I want to have some white jeans on and a cool jacket like you. I'm putting some glasses on. I don't need glasses, but I'll still put some on because you, you looking sharp, my man. You looking. So y'all got to invite me back for that. And, and also, I, I want to really still honor the amount of time that you typically spend in church. Um, Pastor, he gave me like four hours to preach. I'm only going to take three. 
no, I know that you all get out somewhere around 12, 12, 15, and I, I know my assignment this morning, and if you invite me back, I'll take my time a little bit more, but, but I'm going to kind of move fastly through this, if y'all don't mind. I, it's always church people that say, take your time, and they be the first one putting their Baptist finger up, walking out the whole door, talking about, take your time. I'm not going to take my time at all. I'm hungry myself. I'm not going to. Uh, let's rush to the text. I'm going to read some scripture. And if the sermon not great, the scriptures are amazing. So let's just read scripture. Um, uh, uh, Mark chapter 9. And we'll begin. We'll grab a few scriptures for what we have to do this morning. But Mark chapter 9, I'll be reading out of the end. The, actually, the New King James uh, translation. Mark chapter 9 and verse 1, it says this. And Jesus said to them, Assuredly, I say to you, that there are some standing here who will not taste death till they see the kingdom of God present with power. Now, after six days, Jesus took his road dogs. Y'all know who his road dogs are, right? Peter. James and John, and he led them up on a high mountain apart by themselves, and he was transfigured before them. Drop on down to verse number 14. And when he came back down from the mountain to the disciples, he saw a great multitude around them and scribes disputing with them. Immediately, when they saw Jesus, all the people were greatly amazed and running to him, greeted him. And he asked the scribes, what are you discussing or what is all this commotion about? Then one of the crowd answered and said, teacher, Jesus, Lord, I brought my boy who has a mute spirit, he can't talk. And whenever it seizes him, it throws him down and he, he foams at the mouth and gnashes his teeth and becomes stiff or rigid. So I spoke to your disciples that they should cast it out, but they could not. Let's grab verse 25. When Jesus saw that the people came running together. He rebuked the unclean spirit, saying to it, deaf and dumb spirit, I command you, come out of him and enter him no more. Then the spirit cried out, convulsed him greatly, and it came out of him, and he became as one dead, so that many said, he is dead. But Jesus took him by the hand and lifted him up, and he arose. And when he had come into the house, his disciples asked him privately, man, what happened? For real, for real, Jesus, what happened? Why could we not cast it out? So he said to them, this kind can only come out by nothing but prayer and Fasting. I'm going to move quick so you all listen with your quick ear. I want to use for title for those that like taking notes and titles and stuff like that. 
I'm glad you asked. I am so glad you asked. The scripture says, and they asked him, why could we not cast it out? And I'm so glad you asked. Humans, people, how many is a people this morning? We humans, humans, we are born, born with an intrinsic bend toward asking questions and getting help. If you don't believe me, talk to somebody with kids. Children have no problem asking for help. They have no problem saying why and what. And children have memories like an elephant. I got five sons. One, two, three, four, five sons. They don't sing. I should have been like Joe Jackson and beat them. Dun, 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 dun. I would have been rich right now. They don't sing. I got five black boys. None of them play basketball. I'm like, one of y'all could have been a baller or something. I got five boys, but I tell you what they do know how to do is they know how to ask. Even my grown boys. Hey, Dad, can I talk to you for it? Man, what do you want? Because children, they know how it's intrinsic. It's in them. It's in their spirit. It's in their bellies. And my youngest child, I'm about to blow y'all mind, my youngest child is a senior in high school. Y'all like, oh, you look good. You're like 20-something, 29, 28. You're like 30-something. How you got a son that's, yeah, my youngest son is a senior in high school, and I happened to be a few weeks ago over one of my friends' house. And they're a little bit older. Well, not older. They're like in their uh, late 30s, um, early 40s. And, and, and I'm saying older because they start having kids real late. Like, they start having kids, like, in their late 30s. They, so they got little bitty babies, like 30s and 40s. And we started having kids when we were six, me and my wife. So I'm like, y'all started late. Y'all started at 30-something. We started at six having kids. And so I'm over to the house, and and... And the wife does the classic wife move. You know, the boys are over to the house, and we kind of hungry. And, and, and he like, baby, the boys, we all kind of hungry. Can you, can, can, you, can you order some food? And she said, no, honey, I ain't got to order no food. I'll go get it. I said, don't fall for it. I'll go get it. This lady left the house. See, she was getting her break. She left the kids with us, the little babies with us. She threw the rattler. She threw the pacifier. She threw the bottle on the floor. She threw a little toy. She put the little thing up, the little swinky thing. If anything happens, this is what y'all need, fellas, to help this baby. Because I know that this baby is going to ask for something, and this baby don't even talk. And so she leaves the house. She leaves the house, and it's like the baby has something in his spirit to know when the mama's not close, because as soon as she shuts the door, and, and he's like, oh, man, you know, you know what, what do we do? And so, so he's trying to do one thing, and he's trying to do another thing. And I'm sitting there looking, because I got five kids, and I'm professional, and I've been through all this, and I know what to do, but I ain't trying to tell him what to do because I want him to learn on his own. And so he's trying to figure out what to do with the kids. But the point I'm making, he Finally, picked the kid up, held the kid, the kid went to sleep, and what the message was for me from the kid is the kid just wanted to feel safe because his mama just left. Kids, people, children, we all have within us 
the desire, the unction to ask for help. Why is it that when we get older, when we get in God, when we get a couple of degrees, when we get a little money, when we start living a little better, when we get a nice little car that don't got no hole in the floor, when we get a car that we don't got to put, put our hands out the window and do the windshield ourselves, when we get enough uh, money where we can get Starbucks every once in a while or Dunkin' Donuts if that's your thing, when you get a little money where you can buy you a little iPhone or hide your Android, when you get a little money, you stop asking God. We stop asking God for things. And so Jesus in Mark 9 teaches us one of the most fascinating principles of prayer. And I want to give it to you in 10 minutes. Somebody say 10 minutes. 10 minutes. The clock starts now. First point I want to make, and this is found in verse 17 and 18. And we read how the man said to Jesus, the reason all of this commotion is going on is because we got nine people down here trying to contain one little boy. We got nine people down here trying to cast a demon out of a little kid. We got nine of your students, nine people that go to church. Nine people that name the name of Jesus. Nine people that walk with you and they could not cast them out. I want you to understand today my first point is there is a difference. We have to separate the would nots from the could nots. <laughs> There's a difference from the would nots and the could nots. Listen to me, church. It is important in this season to begin to draw a line of clear distinction between those who would not do it and those that could not do it. If you want to know what team that you want to be on, you want to be on the team, the, 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 the could not team. You do not want to be on the would not team. See, there were 12 disciples. Jesus took three up to the mountain with him, and he had 12 in the, in, in, in the valley, 12 still on, on, on ground level. And the fact of the matter is, at one point in the Lord's ministry, he had far more than 12 disciples. But, but all of the other disciples decided that they would not follow him. And it's easy to be a would not and talk about the could nots. It's easy to be, I ain't going to the park and talking about those that are. It's easy. And if you, if you, if you want to pick a side this morning, always pick the side of, 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 okay, we are trying. Always be on the side of the people that say, you know what, I'm trying my best to glorify God. I wonder if there are any people in the building this morning that you are saying, you know what, I'm not perfect, but I'm trying my best. I'm not perfect, but I'm doing everything that I can to be who God has called me to be. Maybe I 
don't have it all together. Maybe I have not mastered this thing called prayer. Maybe I'm not disciplined in every area of my life, but my presence in church, my presence in worship, the lifting of my hands, the stumping of my feet, the crying out to God should let somebody know that I'm trying. Ah, We have to stop being so down on people who are trying. The Bible says that they could not cast it out. I want you to understand this morning that God can do more with availability than he can with ability. Oh, Lord. God can do more with availability than he can with ability. God is looking for people who are available. And and we have to acknowledge, we have to acknowledge and be willing to acknowledge and be okay with the fact that something doesn't work. I want you to write this scripture down. I want you to look at it later. Now, the reason it's so important to, to really note in this, this passage that the disciples could not cast the demons out because in Mark chapter, in Matthew chapter 10, write that down, verse 1 through 4. Matthew 10, 1 through 4, reference it later. But in Matthew 10, 1 through 4, it says, and when he called the 12 disciples to, to him, he gave them power over unclean spirits to cast them out. So why is it that Jesus gives the disciples power to cast the demons out, but they could not cast the demons out? I want to really break this down. It's important, listen church, for us to really understand that sometimes when when things go wrong, when sometimes when we can't do what God has created us to do, there's a lesson in it. Sometimes when things are not going the way that we think they should go, there's something that God wants to show us, which leads me to my second point, which is tell you versus show you. There are people who want to always tell you what to do, tell you how to do, tell you when to do. But I'm, I'm fed up with people just trying to tell me, can you show me? Come on, come on. Telling, telling is religious. Showing is relationship. Uh, uh-huh. Telling you, telling you is just sometimes being like a dictator. Showing you is discipleship. Telling you, listen to me, church, can be a fraud, a fugazi, a fake. But if I can show you, you can know that this is the real thing. It would be easy for me to tell you to do something. How about you do it first? How about you show me? How about before you criticize me, make sure that you have taught me because the fact of the matter is I'm doing the best that I can do. I remember I was cutting my grass. I don't cut my grass no more, but I was cutting my grass. I I, I, I have a decent sized house. Uh, Tyler came over. I got a big old backyard. Dog ran out, almost bit bit Tyler. He's running from a dog around my cars and all this stuff. I'm like, oh man, Uh, he ain't gonna never, he ain't gonna be my friend, dog running out on him. So I asked my son one time, 
I'm like, I'm tired of paying these people to cut the grass. I, I used to cut the grass. I said, I'm going to have my son cut the grass. So I said, son, listen, you know how to start the lawnmower? He said, yes, I know how to start the lawnmower. I said, you know how to put gas in it? Yes, I know how to put gas in it. I said, you know how to adjust it and all that stuff? Yes, dad, yes, dad. I know how to, I know how to do it. So he goes out and he cuts my grass. Y'all listen. Listen, listen. Listen, listen. Listen, Linda, listen, listen, listen. Listen, this boy gives my grass a ball fade. This boy, I guess he said his head, I'm not cutting this grass next week or the week after or the week after or the week after or the week after because you're not going to have no grass. This boy cut so much grass that it was dirt. I said, I said, cut the grass, not till the soil. This boy cut that grass. I didn't have no grass. And, and, and to make it worse, the next day it was like 157,000 degrees outside. Then burnt my whole yard. I got this brown in the front. All brown. And guess what I did to him? Nothing. Why? Because I didn't show him. I only told him. And that's what you get when people mess stuff up in church and you ain't showed them, you just tell them. That's what you get as a leader. As leaders. I went to a church, oh Lord, one time. And I visited this church. I tell you, it was powerful, powerful move of God. After service, you all, you're not going to believe what happened. Ask me what happened. After service, powerful move of God, amazing, the spirit of God moved, and one of the pastors of the church, one of the leaders, told all the volunteers, somebody say volunteers, told all of the volunteers, all the volunteers who served today, come here. Now, I'm a visitor. I was about to leave. I said, I'm about to see what, I got some popcorn, so I'm about to see what's about to happen. He, he screamed at these folk like he ain't daddy. And he said, y'all embarrassed me today. Y'all embarrassed us today. He pointed people's face. He's screaming. He's spitting. He's going all off. And I said to myself, he ain't that hard. He ain't no real leader. He don't love these people. I said, he probably don't even know what he's doing. Because if he knew what he was doing, he would show them. Because the reality is, I didn't see anything wrong as a visitor, and them people, they were trying. And we need people who can show us how to do things. So here's what Jesus showed them. Jesus showed them, and I'm running, that the problem that they were facing, it was spiritual. This is a spiritual spiritual thing. He showed them that right now what you just came up against in this season, you are not ready for, but I'm going to show you how to do this to get you ready for the next season. I want you to understand that just because you lost in this season don't mean you're going to lose the rematch. That's because you lost in this season don't mean next time you're not going to knock that joker out. I want to speak to everyone in this season who has experiencing loss and I want to tell you that in the next season victory awaits you you may have lost your car you may have lost your house you may have lost your job whatever you lost I want you to know that you will recover all and God is going to show you how to get it back now why is this important he said what well, this kind only comes out by fasting and prayer and if we remember scripture the disciples didn't fast 
Even John's disciples, they came to Jesus and they said, listen, why do John's disciples fast, but your disciples don't fast? They said, he said, well, why do they have to fast when God is right here with them? Why do they have to fast when I'm right here taking care of them? And that's another, let me parenthetically say, that leaders should take care of their people. You should look after your people. You should be praying for your people. Listen, he said, listen, they're not fasting. But Jesus wanted the disciples to know that just because you're not fasting in this season and I'm here, you are going to face some things in the next season that you are going to have to fast for. You don't have to fast because I fasted for you. You don't have to fast because I fasted 40 days and 40 nights. You don't have to fast, but one day I'm going to go to heaven and you're going to have to turn your plate down to deal with these kinds of devils and this is why we can't get the big head Ooh, when we beat one devil because he got a big brother this is why we can't get the big head when we have one victory because we know that victory belongs to Jesus this is why we can't get the big head when we make it out because we have to understand that didn't nobody do this but God oh Lord so he says to them Listen, I'm going to cast this thing out. It's spiritual. Y'all going to have to fast. Y'all good because I'm preparing you for something you can't handle right now. Uh, how many know that God is preparing you? Uh, let's, last point is this. Last point is this. We do not lose, we learned. We did not lose, we learned or we did not learn, we lost. Anytime you experience defeat, you have to be like, okay, this ain't work. This is not working. From my, as far as I can see, the church community is the only community to act like stuff work that ain't be, don't be working. We should win the Oscar every year. We be acting like prayers be working, and it ain't working. We have to say, God, this is not working. We have to be okay with acknowledging, I asked you for something, and it didn't happen. I prayed for something, God, I didn't get it. And instead of doing that, we, instead of acknowledge, we act. And if, if, if we, as the body of Christ, listen, can move from a place where we can say, you know what, I'm about to learn from this. We move from a place where we say, I didn't lose, I learned. We move from a place to say, yeah, that happened, but this is what I learned from it. Yeah, that went bad, but this is what I learned from, and I tell my team in Chicago, I lead about 300 intercessors. Most of them you'll never see, you'll never know who they are. We built a system where we pray behind the scenes. We got an organized, structured schedule. It's off the chain, I'm just telling you it's off the chain, right? It's, it's, off, it's off the charts, right? Um, they, they move in silence. They're stealth operating in the spirit. They're praying right now behind the scenes. Every time a pastor picks up a mic, somebody's praying behind the scenes. This is how we roll, it's okay, it's okay. Don't hate, congratulate, this is how we're supposed to roll. But we failed our way here. We didn't start off like this. 
we have this big thing called 12 hour prayer in our church. First time we did it, it was 24 hour prayer. And Pastor Hannah said, we're doing 24 hour prayer service and we're going to fast while we do it. You know, we almost died, right? <laughs> literally, we almost died. He almost killed us. I'm talking literally. I snuck and ate some food. I'm like, they, I snuck and ate some. I, I, was, I was leaving, drinking some. They was fast. I'm like, nah, I put like some white stuff on my lips to make my lips look dry. The Bible says don't appear too fast. I, I, I wanted to appear too fast, you know. I wanted to look like I was fast. They was in there 24 hours, sleep, past sleep on the floor. Everybody breath stunk. Oh, the breath, the funk of 40,000 years. And this is thriller. I mean, our breath was on fire. You sitting in prayer for 24 hours, no food, ain't nobody, ain't nothing, and it's what people falling out under the power of the Holy Spirit, ain't no power, that's breath. It's your breath. <laughs> you know, I, I wasn't pouring out no praise. I'm like, we need to pour out some Listerine, because we is on, it's getting hot in here. It was on fire in there. I'm like, our oh, breath. And the next year in our debriefing meeting, pastor said, well, I think we should do 12 hour prayer. <laughs> Holy Ghost speaking to him, man. I think we also should eat. <laughs> we be catering food in, fly food in, Uber Eats. We be having all type of snacks and candy and bubble gum and mints and all that stuff. Why? Because we learned. We didn't lose. We learned. And so Jesus tells his disciples this. He said to him, Lord, why could we not cast it out? He said, listen, this kind only comes out by fasting and prayer. Why could we not cast it out? I'm so glad you asked me the question. I want you to understand as I close this out, and I got some, a couple of prayer assignments to do. Hebrews 5 and 7, and, and I need you to write this scripture down and amplify it. Look at it later. It says, in the days of his earthly life, Jesus offered up both specific, I'm from the west side, I sometimes say Pacific, so specific petitions and urgent supplications for that which he needed. When Jesus was on earth, he prayed for what he needed. He asked God. And if you need something, people of God, <laughs> ask and it shall be given. If you need something, people of God, Ask of me and I'll give thee the nation for thine inheritance. If you need something from, from God, understand that we have not simply because we ask not. Do you know we are one ask away from everything that we need. You are one ask away from a turnaround. You are one ask away from a breakthrough. You are one ask away from a miracle. Oh, I understand that the reason I'm standing here is not because I look good and I do look good. Uh, the reason I'm standing here is because somebody prayed for me. Somebody had me on their mind. Somebody took the time and they asked God, can you do something? Can you put oil on that boy's ashy legs? Can you put oil on that boy's ashy elbows? Can you put oil on that boy's dry skin? Somebody ask God.
God to do something in my life. And y'all look good in your t-shirts, but if y'all were honest this morning, you would admit that the reason that you're sitting here is because somebody prayed for you. You had a praying grandmother. You had a praying grandfather. You had a praying mother. You had a praying father. And you would not be here if they did not pray for somebody asked and changed your life. One ask can change your life, but I want to warn you. When you ask God, you got to be clear. When you ask God, Pastor Tyler, you got to be serious about it. There are too many people that don't take prayer seriously. There are too many people that are not serious about really wanting what they ask for. And when you ask God, you have to bring your entire being into alignment. What do I mean by that? God has a face. He has more than just ears. He has eyes. And we be asking God for one thing and doing another. And God be like, you know I can see you, right? You know I can see you. We have to align our whole being with our ask. Come on, we ask God for something. We have to align our whole being. I wonder this afternoon now. I wonder this afternoon if anyone has anything that you need God to do. Let's think about that. I'm going to pray and God going to do it. We're going to pray and God going to do it. I was in a retreat this weekend with our prayer team. And we saw creative miracles. Retreat with my prayer team. The testimonies are still coming in weeks later. The things that we prayed for happened. We saw people baptized in the Holy Spirit on the spot. We saw physical healings. We saw people accept again that God had called them. And today I want to release some prayers. But the first thing I want to do, and I'm instructed to do in terms of prayer because I I know that God wanted me to release a prayer in this house. And God is going to be glad that you asked. I'm glad you asked. You are going to be so glad that you came this morning to experience the worship. And you're going to be able to mark the day that you asked God to do this for you. Listen, let me just give this testimony. At one point, I started to give up on ministry. Because I was like doing everything that I could. And I felt like nobody was seeing what I was doing. I grew up without my dad, and I I really longed for somebody to tell me that you're doing a good job. I wanted approval. I I was doing everything I could, and I mean, we were successful. And and no matter where I looked, I couldn't get approval. And one day we did a conference, and we sold the conference out. We made money. It was powerful. It was amazing. And I just knew that, okay, everybody going to sweat me. They're going to give me approval. They're going to tell me good job. And I got criticism. Nothing like being criticized when you're doing the best that you can and it's working. So I go home, Pastor Tyler. I go home and I go in my prayer closet and I say, God, why? Why can I get approval? Why can no one lay their hands on me? Why, why God, I've been doing the, I've been consistent, God. I said, this thing went well. I said, why, God, why? I'm tired. I said, I'm done Jesus I said why God he said I'm glad you asked he said I approved you he said I'm celebrating you he said I was at every fight I was at every basketball game I've been with you your whole life you remember that accident 
ashio de chio. I'm the Alpha and the Omega. I'm the author and finish of your faith. I've been there for you when nobody was there for you. When your mother and your father left you, I was right there. He said, I called you before you were in your mother's womb, before you even know what approval was. I called you. I set you apart. I sanctified you for a powerful work. I'm glad that you asked me why you couldn't get approval. You're going to be glad the things that you asked God for today. So I need you right now to get in your mind what you're about to ask God for because he's going to do it for you. And you don't want to let the spirit of God be in this building like it is and not ask God for what you really, really need. I, I know he hears and he answers prayer. So let me move quickly. I'll be done in six minutes in my seat. Get a big prayer in your mind. Think about it right now. I'll give you 15 seconds. Think about it right now. A big prayer, something you really need God to do. A big prayer. Come on. Big prayer. Big prayer. You got it? Come on. 10, 9, 8. Come on. Think about it. I would tell you to write it, but we don't have time. 6, 5, 4. Come on. 3, 2, 1. You got it? You got it? If you got it, let me see your hands. I got that big prayer in my mind. All right. Now put your hand down. Not big enough. Not big enough. Not big enough. Think of something else. That wasn't big enough. You can probably do that. You can probably do that. You can probably do that. I need you to think of something bigger. A God-sized prayer. I need you to get a big prayer in your head. See, I began to pray you all years ago in my prayer ministry. God called me to prayer. My, I'm not a church kid. I didn't grow up in church. God called me to prayer. And I told my pastor, Pastor Meeks, back at the time, I said, I want to do a youth prayer rally with a thousand kids. And he looked at me kind of strange, but he was like, okay. You know, my, 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 my pastor, my father ministry, Pastor Kerry, who was a youth pastor at the time, he was like, okay. Now, the reason they did not tell me no is because before I got church, I really believed that God can do things. And there were two buses leaving the west side of Chicago, going to church on the south side, two school buses, because we would evangelize during the week and bring people to church on Sunday. So they knew that I can get two busloads full of people. And they're like, who am I to tell this kid, at the time a kid, that he can't call a prayer rally with a thousand teenagers? Listen, I asked God to do it, and he did it. And I remember the day Pastor Meeks kind of walked in the room with his wife, saw them youth, and he was like, whoa. You got the big prayer? Come on, begin to ask God to do that for you. Come on, I'm going to give you 10 seconds. Come on. It don't take a lot to say, God, do this for me. I need you to move your lips right now, and you begin to ask God to do that thing. Come on, some of y'all need to stand up because this is serious. If you really want God to do this thing, I don't care what it is. We serve a big God. Come on. You need healing. You need breakthrough. You need turnaround in your family. You need turnaround in your money. You need, you need a touch from God. You need your strength back. Come on, right now, the Spirit of the Lord is in this building. And I, 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 it's raining right now. Open your mouth. You got 10 seconds. I need to be taking my seat. You got 10 seconds. Come on, nine. Hey, come on. Come on, seven. Ask him. loved one you ain't seen a loved one in a long time open your mouth right now say God bring that person back come on I need you to tell Pastor Tyler when it happens tell Ty when it happens so they can let me know I can just pray
Pray for that loved one right now. Ask. Come on. Stop. Stop. Come on. It's good. It's good. Come on. Let me, let me keep going. Come on. God told me to release this prayer over this house. Colossians 1 and 9. Come on. Lift your hands real quick. I got to move. Father, in the name of Jesus. Come on. Feel Ty. Feel talent. Feel this ministry with the knowledge of your will. Feel them. Y'all pray this with me. Say, feel them. Fill our leaders with the knowledge of your will. Not the will of the devil, not their own will, not the will of man. Fill them with the knowledge of your will. Fill them until nothing else fits. Fill them with the knowledge of your will. Come on and pray. Give them wisdom in the name of Jesus. Supernatural wisdom. Right now in the name of Jesus, we release wisdom that's going to bring strategy, that's going to bring wealth, that's going to bring increase. Wisdom. Fill them with the knowledge of your will. Give them wisdom. Come on, pray. Give them spiritual understanding. Come on. Give them spiritual understanding. Come on, when people are seeing things just in the natural, allow them to see it in the spirit. Give them spiritual understanding. Pray that for about eight seconds. Come on, pray. Come on, give them spiritual understanding. Open their eyes. Give them discernment. Let them see the spirit of people before they see their gift. In the name of Jesus, we pray, Father, that you will surround them with the right people. Give them spiritual understanding. Come on, pray this last one. This is all scripture. I need you to be serious. God, let them walk worthy of you unto all pleasing. Keep them, God. I got to release this because you, I'm an intercessor for a mighty man of God. I've been an intercessor for mighty men of God for my entire life. Fill them with the knowledge of your will. Father, give them wisdom. Give them spiritual understanding. Protect their names. Oh, God, in the name of Jesus, we bind every witch. We bind every warlock. We cover their house. We cover their family. We pray in the name of Jesus. Allow them to walk worthy of you. When people get in on their nerves, allow them to walk worthy of you. When they don't understand, to all pleasing. Come on. I need y'all to pray that 15 seconds. Cover our pastor. Cover cover our first lady. Come on. We cover their back. We cover their name. We cover their reputation. We pull their name out of mess. We pull their name out of gossip in the name of Jesus. We say they're set aside in the name of Jesus. We break the power of anything that will try to attach to their names, attach to their reputation. We come against stuff in the past that tried to come up that's irrelevant. We say die in the name of Jesus. We suffer not the witch to live. We pray Father we pray for the rest of their ministry and for the rest of their lives God more than anything let them have a good name. Oh Lord I hear this. Come on Clap y'all hands. I heard something. I got to move. Come on. Woo. Hey, come on, God. 
Come on, God is putting y'all name in the wind. There's some sides of you all. Listen to me. You all, the way you minister is on multiple dimensions, multiple streams of ministry. There are parts of you that God is going to bring down for protection, and there are parts of you that are about to explode. Your business is about to explode. Come on, let's keep going. I got to go. I told y'all a story because I said I'd be done, and I'm two minutes over. Um... All right, I'll just give you last, last two little things. Everybody listen to me carefully. If you concern yourself with the depth, with the depth of prayer, God will take care of the width. Come on. Hey, If you concern yourself with the depth of prayer, God has spread this ministry out. I've seen it before. Uh, if you concern yourself with the depth, the important things, the discipleship, the prayer, the, the stewardship, you concern yourself with the depth, preaching this gospel, God is going to take care of the with. He's going to take care of the with. I say to everybody now that's worried about God not doing what he promised, worry about the depth. Worry about yourself. Worry about digging deeper in prayer. God going to do everything that he's going to do. But are you going to be ready? Take care of the death. Now, I've never done this before publicly, but I feel led by the Spirit of God, and I got to go after this. There are three men of God in my life that I've labored for in prayer. I helped them strategize and build. Um, Pastor Meeks was one. Salem, Baptist Church of Chicago. That's my grandpappy. I'm Baptist, y'all. Back to Costco now. And Pastor Harvey Carey, my father in the ministry, the guy who won me to the Lord. And I've been with Pastor John Hanna for 18 years, leading prayer, undergirding him, confidant, walking close with him. When he's not home, I'm preaching, teaching, leading prayer. And I've covenant, made a covenant with God to undergird these men and pray for these men and pray for their ministry. And right now, I just publicly covenant with you, my brother, to pray for you, to undergird you, to pray for your wife, to pray for your breakthrough, to pray for your family. You got some friends, and that's cool. But right here, man, you got a friend and you got a prayer partner. You got a friend, you got an intercessor. You got a friend and somebody that knows how to pray. You got a friend and somebody that knows how to pray for big people. Listen, Ty, y'all big. Come on, y'all big. Come on, y'all expansive. And I covenant with God right now and with you in front of the people. Man, I'm going to be praying for y'all. Y'all on my prayer wall. Y'all on my prayer board. Y'all can call me whenever I got y'all. Everybody lift your hands in the building. Come on. Say, God, send my intercessors. God, send those that will cover me. 
Send those that'll cover my dreams. Send those that'll cover my destiny. Send those that'll cover my anointing. Send those that I can have a bad day around. Send those, God, that I can be weak around. Send those that I can be confused around. Send those, Lord God, who understand that I'm not God and I don't have all the answers and I'm human and sometimes I get angry and I get mad and confused and upset. God, send my intercessor. ask God for a lot of stuff. I'm done. I need you to point to three people and say, I'm glad you asked. <laughs> Come on. I'm glad you asked God for all that. I'm done. Everything you ask for, God's getting ready to do. I'm done. Come on. I'm glad you asked. If you believe that God is going to do everything that you asked for, I need you to put a praise on it right now. If you believe that every promise that he made is getting ready to happen, I need you to praise him now. Hey, come on. I'm glad you asked for that car. I'm glad you asked for that breakthrough. I'm glad you asked for that healing. I'm glad. I'm glad. I'm glad you asked me to turn it around. I'm working all things together for the good of those that love me, who are called. Thank you for joining us today. For more ways to stay connected, visit us at allnationsaurora.com. Be sure to subscribe and share this podcast with your family and friends. Thanks for listening. Now go out and change the world.